As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Tonight on Cosmic Cantina, we're screaming out into the heavens and asking for help. From whom, you ask? Only the goddamn Galactic Federation. What's going on with that whole planetary UN thing and how do we join the club? With a recently declassified CIA document that attempted to remote view the group, we also explore other stories of contactees and psychic explorations. So lay back on your nearest stone altar for a sweet alien rubdown, because we're coming at you. I'm your host, Melissa Tittle, and every week I go to my favorite bar, Cosmic Cantina, and kick back with my co-hosts, Josh Golombeski and Matt O'Connor. We talk about aliens, Bigfoot, ghosts, ancient cultures, and anything from the unseen world that needs a little illumination. Welcome to Cosmic Cantina. I'm your host, Melissa Tittle, and tonight I'm drinking some red wine because I'm classy. Matt, what you got? Uh, look, I found myself in a bit of a predicament tonight, guys. I'm going out of town in a couple of days, and I had nothing left in the fridge except the for a uh, yeah, except <laughs> for an old an old box of uh, a little something called White Claw at the back of the fridge. It's been oh, there since, stop it! Stop since it the beginning. No, no, the beginning of <laughs> the year. It's been there. It's been there for a while. So I cracked wow. one of these bad boys open, and let me tell you guys. I learned a little something about myself today. Stop. Uh, <laughs> snorting, what? That you can sacrifice your own morals? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I can drink, I can drink uh, white claw and still and still be okay with with myself. Wow. So okay, you know, cool. sometimes you do a little soul soul searching and uh, yeah, you yeah, drink yeah, white cool. claw. There you go. I love anyway. the claw. I love the claw. Yeah. You can drink claw all day, and you're like, I'm just slightly buzzed, and then you fall off the boat, and you're like, maybe not. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm on my second, and it's doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so you think. So you think. Yeah. Oh yeah, it'll, it'll kick in soon. Yeah. What do you got, Josh? I don't even know who you guys are anymore. <laughs> I. <laughs> I myself went to the store and there was a bottle of wine which I don't remember the name of that was sixteen ninety nine. It was marked down to ten, so I grabbed it right away. And the guy at the counter was like, "I was like, is this any good?" He's like, "Well, it's it's a good for a ten dollar bottle of wine, but it's kind of an OK sixteen. So I went with it. So I'm drinking a, <laughs> a an OK sixteen dollar bottle terrible. of wine. Wow, <laughs> he was Man, right. He sold it's okay. You. <laughs> I love he just sold you on that. I love it's, how you were. It's he like gave, meh. He, yeah. he, he marked down the price to how much it really tastes, and then yeah. you were like, "Perfect, yeah, good deal." I it. <laughs> yeah. it was all psychological. That's all it was. Yeah. Wow. That's silver tongue salesman. <laughs> Saw you coming. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, what are we doing? We're we're gonna talk about some uh, maybe not white claws, but maybe some claws in space, Galactic Ooh. Federation type claws. If you know what I'm the saying. The Galactic Ooh. Federation, so hot right Ooh. now, so popular. Hot. But what is it? Everybody talks about it, like you know, like the Galactic Federation. You know, but right. does anybody really know? <laughs> it's like Star Trek. No, no one's really. Yeah, yeah. It's like a place where a lot of people hang out, you know, but they're socially distanced because they probably have COVID too. All right. Hopefully, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm gonna not space start. COVID. Yeah, space COVID. It's a thing. Because yeah. they didn't get. Never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna, <laughs> just gonna, just gonna drop that. <laughs> okay. So I didn't pull an article, but we did find um, some CIA documents. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. www.cia.gov library docs. There is a session summary, a remote viewing session, uh, and it's dated January 13th, 1988, and it is a remote viewing session into the Galactic Federation. Okay. Um, so we will definitely, again, put this on our site, and you can see the pictures. Um, mm -hmm. 
And I'm just going to I actually found the, the full document. The one that Ooh. was going around was like a couple of pages from it. Mm -hmm. But I have the full document that I'll post up. It's got all pictures and stuff in it that he drew. Wow. Pretty, I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, so this yeah. is kind of cool. So um, I'm just going to read some things from it. Okay, here's some of the notes from the session. Impression of a round structure located on the flat top of what seems to be something like a mesa. There are striking rays emanating from or going into the structure like sun streaks. Inside the structure, it is dark, cool, rough, stone, cavern-like. From one mile overhead, the view is dark, black, empty, a feeling of nothingness. Upon descending, we get to the impression of a very high, rugged, very high, rugged peaks. There's a flat plateau. Uh, below this is a blue body of water that seems to be surrounded by a flat, open, grassy plain. From two miles up, I find myself moving up inclined causeway with rough stone walls on both sides. And he has Egypt here, so I'm thinking he's he's saying it's kind of like the causeway in Egypt from the second pyramid going down to the... Yeah, stone. so he has things in parentheses that it looks like he's likening it to uh, something. It looks like Egypt. I guess with the lake, he said it looked like Lake Titicaca, you know. He's just likening it to different things. Okay. At this time, I sense a presence nearby. At the end of the causeway is a long, dimly lit rectangular corridor constructed of smooth, dressed stone on all sides. At the end of the corridor is a steep incline and a very high ceiling, also constructed of smooth stone. And then he puts pyramids. So that's pretty much what he's saying it kind of looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm assuming with the Great Clearly. Pyramid, that's about the smoothest. At the end of the incline corridor is a large room with a very high vaulted ceiling. There's a large polished stone platform in this room. Um, it's like an altar, he says. There are white-robed entities in a semicircle to one side. Their attention seems to be focused on the platform. The room is dimly lit. There is a feeling of something sacred, holy, almost religious about this place. This place mm. seems familiar, as if I've been there before climbed onto the platform and laid down. I was then illuminated by a brilliant shaft of white light from, from head to toe. The light was coming from overhead. The robed figures then moved from behind the group and showed and came next to me with a hand outstretched over my solar plex. And that's all I have on this document, but uh, maybe Matt, you have more. Yeah, so he gets his little uh, holy hand job going on there <laughs> and then and it's kind of hard to read because there's, there's like a print over the top but he says um, that he came away from the session with a feeling that he should have remembered something but he, he can't mm. remember what it was Ooh, that happens to me every day I leave work and I'm like I, I just there's something I should remember <laughs> yeah. I left the iron on what was yeah. that damn I remember it. it one minute before I fall asleep and then don't yeah like, damn it damn <laughs> yeah. it but I think what's interesting about this is um, when we think of the Galactic Federation, we have the same idea. We have this idea where there's this like stone chamber and then there's like this half semicircle with all these creatures. I mean, I've seen it in movies, all this kind of stuff, right? Um, but I had somebody, uh, her name's De Debbie Solaris, and she's actually, we actually did um, uh, not a regression, but, but she went and read all of our uh, alien past lives i don't know if you guys yeah. remember this is like one of our first yeah. episodes i think I third yeah. episode or something awesome. it was great that was awesome yeah and we found out that uh josh is like a baby in the galaxy but matt and i are super old we've been yeah. around for a long yeah. time old souls yeah. makes that a lot of sense, sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for lyrans and andromedas and you know josh yeah. is like a syrian or something I'm a syrian cool. yep yeah. i'm a bald ass syrian makes sense surely you can't be syrian <laughs> hey! Oh, hey! Oh, Dad joke. Surely, surely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but I feel like I'm getting made fun of. Right. No, you're not. <laughs> Love you. Um, so I, I did an interview with her because I was like, but what is the Galactic Council? Like everybody has these ideas of what it looks like. And this was a really interesting document. And I know we're going to post the full thing so you can analyze it yourself. But obviously, the U.S. government has been trying to locate it for for quite some time. They're like, they either know of its existence or the Galactic Federation has tried to reach out to them and they're trying to make more contact. Yeah, and yeah. Cool. this was a really interesting conversation. So here's the interview I have with Debbie Solaris. 
thank you, Debbie, for joining us on the show. Let's get right to it. So um, I sent you a handwritten session note um, from a CIA website where somebody was uh, remote viewing in 1988, what they said was the Galactic Federation. Uh, what did you think of that? Um, yeah, I, I did read that. Um, I think it was kind of interesting. Um, the description of the location seems like the interior of a starship to me. Um, and it seemed like one of the healing pods because they were describing like this person in some sort of a flat, what they called it a mesa, I guess, um, a flat mesa. And there was other beings, you know, kind of surrounding this mesa, but there was, you know, like, like a body that was um, laying on, on the mesa itself. Um, and a lot of that, a lot of times that's indicative of a, um, of a, of a healing pod of some sort. Oh, interesting. But the thing is in the news right now, there's a lot of talk about the Galactic Federation, but what is the Galactic Federation? Could you tell us what it is and where they're at? Um, yes, I, I can. Uh, the Galactic Federation was an alliance of benevolent beings that um, actually I think uh, was, was um, compiled probably right after the Laran Draconian Wars, which occurred millions and millions of years ago. Um, so the Galactic Federation is actually 4.5 million years old, at least. I mean, I would say maybe even older. But um, And then there were certain star races that decided to join the Federation. And the Federation was established in order to... Um, in order to maintain peace and unity within um, the, the galaxy, you know, because they didn't want to see another Lyra catastrophe occur. Um, so it was kind of to, to establish to keep the negative forces at bay, you know, to keep them from overtaking the entire galaxy. Interesting. Okay. So the Galactic Federation is made up of what races uh, or what alien groups? Um, I read someplace that it was 200,000 races, <laughs> which is even more than the typical races we normally hear about. But, um, so there's quite a few of them, but, um, I would say members of the Galactic Federation include the benevolent factions from Pleiades, uh, Sirius, Sirius Arcturus, Orion, Procyon and Polaris, uh, uh, Andromeda, obviously, and, uh, and Lyra and, and Vega, um, and quite a few of the races that we oftentimes hear about. Um, I would say about at least 50% of them are probably humanoid races. I mean, uh, the, probably the majority of them are maybe even more than 50%. But um, so these are, you know, race, you know, beings that are, you know, humanoid in nature or have a humanoid look to them. Um, but there's also other sentient beings that are not necessarily humanoid that are also a member of the Galactic Federation. Uh, and uh, there's so much talk in the news of, about, uh, especially with the uh, Israeli, uh, Israeli guy who came out and said that yes, there's a Galactic Federation and we are in touch with them. In, in all of the work that you've done, are the governments of the world in touch with the Galactic Federation? And if so, why? I would say um, the Galactic Federation, um, they have a code of non-interference. So they really can't interfere with the, with the doings of Earth or the, you know, the, uh, the machinations of Earth. But if if there's a group that reaches out to them, then, you know, and asks for assistance and yes, you know, they will be in contact, you know, with, with, with certain governments. My, my understanding is that I think they have reached out to, to, to various uh, governments throughout our planet, um, particularly um, the U S and, and Russia. Um, and I've heard other, other groups as well, like Japan and, you know, other, other benevolent, you know, countries, you know, throughout, throughout our planet. But a lot of times they will um, reach out to assist, you know, these governments, but it's up to the government to decide if they want to ex uh, receive assistance from them. Hmm. So that's interesting. So they, they reach out, they make contact, meaning 
whoever is a representative of the Galactic Federation reaches out and says, do you want our help? Um, how, how, how is that done? Do they live um, in their backyard? Like, what, how does it work? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not entirely um, sure how they reach out. Um, my guess is, you know, maybe some of these governmental groups must have certain individuals, either remote viewers or psychics that work within these groups that are able to receive, you know, receive messages from these beings. Because I, I don't think they would just contact us, say, through an email or a letter, you know, I mean, that, <laughs> you know, that's kind of old school. But, um, but I, I do think... Uh, but you're saying maybe in the government, they have people who can communicate with these other dimensional beings. And those exactly. people become yeah. kind of this uh, information highway to the Galactic Federation. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so that would be people who have probably had prior contact with these beings like myself. You know, um, I'm, an, I'm an example of somebody, obviously I don't work for government, but, um, but that, you know, that has the ability to access or, or, or be able to receive information from, from these galactic groups. I see. And do you think they're reaching out because they're trying to help these governmental groups? Um, are they asking them to join the Galactic Federation? Uh, it seems, uh, of course, I'm not part of the Galactic Federation, so I have no idea, but it doesn't seem like there's a representative of the human species within the Galactic Federation. Not why yet. Um, why would that be? I think, it, I think the hope of the Galactic Federation is that Earth will ascend to the point where they can become members of the Galactic Federation at some point. Um, and maybe they're reaching out to these governments uh, in order to help prepare them for that process in some way. Um, so maybe help them. So it's kind of like a, a various step, you know, it, there's various levels, I think, to this process. So it's not like they can reach out and say, hey, can you, you want to join the Galactic Federation? Because I don't think Earth is quite there yet. Um, I think we're rapidly getting to that point. But um, but you know, maybe they're reaching out and, you know, assisting them and establishing, you know, peace and unity within their countries, you know, so, so once, you know, they're, they are able to establish, you know, that level of, uh, I would say, higher consciousness within various countries of the planet, that's going to have an exponential effect on the vibration of the planet and the, you know, and just the, the, the rapid evolution of our of our ascension from, you know, third dimension to at least fourth dimension. Um, my understanding is I think you have to be um, pretty well established in fourth dimension before you can be part of the Galactic Federation. Um, at least that's something that I saw someplace. I don't know if I saw this in the records, um, but, uh, but we're not quite in fourth dimension yet. I think the planet is rapidly moving towards fourth dimension, but there's earth humans that aren't quite ready for that yet. Hmm. I see. Well, it's very interesting, regardless, the whole idea of the Galactic Federation and obviously the government, uh, you know, this, whether this session summary is real, I mean, it does, it is taken from the library at www.cia.gov. Yeah. <laughs> whether somebody just made this up and posted it, or whether it's real, they're obviously trying to get in contact with the Galactic Federation. And it seems the message from the Galactic Federation is, can you please all get along so that you can join us up here in this, uh, in this massive hall? By the way, what does it look like? What do they meet? I see all these video games and like movies where they have this kind of federation, but, but uh, you know, you've, you've probably seen it when you, when you do your channeling. What does the actual meeting of the Galactic Federation look like? Well, you know, I, I uh, you know, it's funny because I, I do also do Akashic readings, as you very well know. And um, quite a few of my clients um, have had, you know, prior connections to the Galactic Federation. So oftentimes you know, just through their memories, you know, in within their Akashic records, you know, I see, you know, various locations, I think they have different branches of the Federation. So there's like a Syrian branch, there's an Andromedan branch, you know, Arcturian branch, but 
Uh, my understanding, is, and there's, there's also, I think, various sub, sub councils. Okay, so there's various councils that are connected to the Galactic Federation that are kind of like a sub, sub council. So to, just to give you an example of one, um, I think uh, the Andromeda Council is a, a beautiful example of, uh, they're kind of like the UN of the galaxy, you know, so they have representatives from different star groups. So even though it's called the Andromeda Council, it's actually like more like an intergalactic council. And usually they tend to meet in biospheres. So um, I oftentimes in the records, when I, when I see the galactic count or the, excuse me, the Andromeda Council meet, um, they'll meet in some sort of biosphere that's floating um, in the stratosphere of one of their planets in the Andromeda constellation. Okay. Um, however, um, there's also factions of the Galactic Federation that have starships that are actually located right here in our solar system. So, um, so they'll have, you know, various starships that are located usually between, I would say, the asteroid belt and Jupiter. There's some that are as far out as Saturn, but um, the majority of these ships are located in, in that space between the asteroid belt and Jupiter. And they're kind of keeping an eye on earth, you know, and making sure that, um, you know, things are progressing the way they're supposed to be. But, um, but oftentimes they might even have meetings on board the ship. So I think this description of the CIA um, uh, record that you, sh that you had me access, um, kind of describes a space uh, within one, on board one of their starships. Hmm. Amazing. Okay. Well, at least they hit their target. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they did a good job. Yeah. So that was a, that was a really interesting interview because uh, I, I like that they're kind of waiting for Earth to, or the humans to ascend to the fourth dimension so they can join the Galactic Council and they've been trying to reach us. Um, and the government, she says, has been using basically channelers to, you know, basically she's confirming that the government has been trying to use people like possibly this remote viewer or channelers to reach the Galactic Council or the Galactic Federation for mm -hmm. messages or help or something. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, totally. The The part that I love hearing uh, that you, you've heard from a famous movie is basically the, um, the famous series, Star Trek, Star Trek, is the Prime Directive. She doesn't say the Prime Directive, but one point in the interview she talks about how they don't intervene with human affairs unless asked, which is which is interesting. And I always thought, I always wondered like if Star Trek was based off the truth or what that means, like the Prime Directive. I thought that was a really interesting uh, point, point of view she had there. And also the how that like all the, the, the people who are part of this council are 50% humanoid race which is interesting which sounds yeah. like the bipedal humanoid look is pervasive in the universe it's it's, it's, it's so um, in right now yeah yeah it's, it's so hot right now <laughs> bipedal so hot uh, but anyways who needs more than two legs right yeah yeah that's I true it's weird no I think a third yeah. leg fuck that I pretty much have one anyways <laughs> oh, 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 oh shit <laughs> First dick joke of the night. <laughs> well, I guess I'm the only bipedal person here then. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Guys, I got a bit of a hot take on this. Oh, stop. Um, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of this whole galactic inner federation-y kind of thing. I, I don't... Yeah. I mean, I'll just say that. I But this... This thing that they, I don't, I'm not convinced that what they, the guy was remote viewing in the CIA document was some sort of galactic federation. It just, it feels like it could be on Earth. I know Debbie said it, she said it sounded like a spaceship, but he's describing mm -hmm. like some sort of stone structure, like a, like a, you know, he he's likens it to the pyramid in this, in this uh, right up And here. the causeway. I mean, maybe yeah. he really is in Egypt. Yeah, and it was like, he starts off by going, he sees a, a lake, and it seems like, oh, was this underground? Like, is it under the lake somewhere? Um, well, this there is, is a I, massive lake under the Giza Plateau. I mean, that is an actually, Matt, this is a really interesting thing you're bringing up. Because what if the Galactic Federation um, did meet on Earth at one point? And that's maybe what he was seeing. Right. I mean, maybe there was a, maybe there was like a group of, uh, extraterrestrial beings who used to yeah come together in some sort of way like it doesn't say 
I, I have something coming up, coming up later where they kind of play with the time frame of where this remote viewing is going on. So I, we don't know whether this is... He's looking at like the Galactic Federation as it is today or as it is a million years ago or in the future. Yeah, but to play devil's advocate for a second, the pyramid structure we've seen over and over again on alien worlds, especially when it comes to contactees and channelers, they do describe pyramids mm -hmm. in other worlds. And maybe pyramids yeah. here are just a yeah. reflection of other worlds. Right. Yeah, it could it could just be uh, on another world. But yeah, it seems very terrestrial, not to say it could be Earth, but it, it seems like it's happening seem on a planet somewhere. Right, it doesn't seem extraterrestrial uh, in a way. I actually I actually don't disagree with you, Matt, because my research, which I'll share in a minute, is it's not about pyramids. It's something actually different that's actually, I think, cooler. But anyways, go on. Finish. Go on. Let's just dive on in. Oh. Why don't we? Okay. Well, before I get to that uh, point... Um, Researching for this, I have a shorter segment tonight, but before I get into it, just we're going to post a fucking amazing video of a cow supposedly getting abducted then dropped back into the barn. Oh, dude, so that was fucking fuck, crazy. That was insane. That was insane. Sorry. So this is a bit of a tangent. This really is not... I mean, it could be the Galactic Federation. Maybe they were hungry for beef or something. But, I mean, they, did, they did not it, want this cow, though. This cow but, got, like, fucking turfed. But this this video doesn't if it, I mean maybe a lot of people that are listening to this do believe in cattle mutilations and and the whole mysterious part of it but but a lot of people just they don't think about it but this video is so insane like insane. how do you explain that how do you explain <laughs> yeah, that yeah, you can't you can't well you tell us people because like it's it's nuts unless the cow was somehow floating in midair I don't know but just yeah so so through. okay so, so so transitioning so yeah Galactic that's Galactic Federation. Federation but back. So uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to find something before. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The latest news. If you Google Galactic Federation right now, you just get a 55 fucking articles from around the world talking about the same guy. Um, or the or Israeli, you get yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Israeli yeah. guy that we talked about that article from last week. So, or you get the Galactic Federation of Light, which is confusing because I thought that was the same thing, and people are channeling it and they're throwing light at the end because that's what you do in the New Age space. But apparently, right. from the source I I ended up researching, which I don't know if he's right or not, um, that's a different thing. It's a different organization. So, what did I come across? I started researching everything. I was Googling books. I was putting keywords all over the place. And um, I found some stuff that was interesting. I found it mentioned multiple times in UFO literature. It's definitely mentioned a galactic federation. But what I came across was interesting. I was looking through channelers and I was like, I don't know, like you really got to channelers and like contactees, they really have to say something for me to be like, okay, I can go deep on this. I, I believe you because there's so much bullshit out there. But this yeah. guy got me. So this guy's name, have you guys ever heard of the, um, the Tolik interviews? T-O-L-E-C? Nope. I, I have think it. I have. What this is is a guy who apparently is a. I can. I'll post a link on YouTube to his interviews. He's a human rep of the of something that. Okay, this, let me back up for a second. What? Let okay. me back up, because I'm about to reveal something that's even crazier than the Galactic Federation. Sorry, I Federation. thought you were gonna say human reptilian, and I was like, what? What? No, no. Go no. on. This talks a lot about reptilians, no. but I'm not gonna go there tonight. So okay. you think the Galactic Federation is new and crazy, a group of alien beings that are trying to help us or whatnot. But actually, they're just a branch of something larger, apparently, called the Andromeda 13, or the Andromeda Council, which is made up of 12 people, sorry, not 13, 12. The Andromeda Council, apparently, is 
the head honcho, yeah. the head organization, the executive branch of the universe, and the Galactic Federation is just a branch that kind of like oversees our area-ish. That's what I got from the Tolik interviews, which I thought was interesting. Now, he, he talks about, his name is Tolik, and he ends up communicating with these people through telepathy, automatic writing, dream states, brief visions, and then he even says interdimensional travel of his soul essence into, into biospheres. Now, that's a lot I just said in that sentence, a lot of shit. But what I want you to focus on is biospheres. And this yeah, is what I thought was really... That really fucking interesting the biospheres are um I, I ended up doing some deep research and i'll post some of the links but they're really cool dude the reason why i fell into these interviews and thought they were interesting is because the level of detail is astounding on the galactic federation and the council and their purpose and all that stuff details of like the organization and the hierarchy and all that but also the biospheres i found like pdfs full of like giant spaceships like the death star like broken down intricately into all these levels wow. and how many people live on them and what happens and they're all around the universe and these basically giant death stars you wonder if Star yeah. Wars is based off this shit, but they seem, you know, benevolent, like these, these, these federations. federations. But wait, but, hold on—is so this the one that she was talking about that kind of float in between Jupiter and Mars? She was saying that they're in these ships that are between Jupiter and Mars usually. Uh, I forget. Is that where she mentioned it, Matt? Yeah. That, do you remember that? I remember she was saying um, there the all the different members of the Federation would meet on biospheres that would yeah. be in some in the stratosphere above one one old. One one of the planets that mm. were in like the Andromeda system or whatever, mm. something yeah something yeah along they're spread lines. they're spread out everywhere. There might be one in our solar system as well, but but yeah. anyways, this guy supposedly had contact in '93 and then didn't have contact for 15 years in 2010. Now he gets regularly um, contacted. So I thought that was interesting. I just want to read something quick from one of these websites that I thought was cool that kind of just gives you an overview of what these... Because at this point, like, what is the Galactic Federation and what's, it, what's its purpose? You know, like, what's it trying to do? And we've kind of loosely defined it, but I just want to read this. This is, this is the definition of the Andromeda Council, which oversees the Galactic Federation. They have the same vision. It says, this is from the website, andromedacouncil.com, which is based off the Tolek interviews. The Andromeda Council is an intergalactic, interstellar, and interdimensional governments and development body of aligned benevolent star systems and planets of sentient, intelligent life for worlds in both the Milky Way and Andromeda galaxies. The Andromeda galaxy is also known as M31 to the people of Earth. As an Earth analogy, it can be considered an interdimensional, intergalactic, deep space United Nations, which I thought was cool. Hmm. And they apparently have our best interests in mind, but it's also the prime directive. They don't interfere unless we ask for it, but they're also protecting us from the reptilian agenda, if you believe in that type of thing. That's like, their, that's like the big thing. And then the last thing I just want to say is, apparently once we join the Galactic Federation, it will be called the Joint Earth Council. And it will be comprised of Earth's best and brightest forward-thinking futurists from all walks and disciplines of life from all across the planet. So it's a little deeper, guys, than just the Galactic Federation. There's more to it, because of course there is. I just of thought course. it was really cool that it's mentioned a lot in the literature. And all in the literature, it could be bullshit, because you don't know. Contactees and all channels. But when mm -hmm. the head of the Israeli space program comes forward and uses that term, it makes mm -hmm. me rethink and give weight to some of these channels and some of these contactees and what they're saying. Are they just parroting each other? Are they parroting some original sci-fi story from the 30s? Or is, is there something more to it? And I think there might be. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. I think Andromeda is really interesting, and, and I I love that um, it's becoming something that people are talking about now. Like it, it wasn't really something people would talk about. Like you know, everyone talks no. about the Pleiades and and you know, Syrians. No offense, no offense. <laughs> yeah, Syrians <laughs> are badass. Are the are the Nordics right? You know they're hot. Oh, hot Nordics. Hot I just Nordics. want to be a Nordic. God, they're though. so hot. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, like, but nobody really talks about the Andromedas until this whole thing with the Galactic Federation came up. So I don't know. That's just really interesting to me. Um, I was always fascinated with it. I was always fascinated with the concept of, and I can't remember, I read this so long ago by a guy named Mark Kimmel, who I was trying to get on this show, but, but I hadn't heard from him yet. He, I know he writes a lot of books, but he talks, he also channels uh, Andromeda Beans. And he had said that their whole goal is to raise the Milky Way to, to their level uh, before they collide, which is a long time. I think the Andromeda Galaxy and the Milky Way are supposed to collide at some point. I mean, like million years from million years from now. But, but their whole purpose is to raise the frequency of the galaxy so that it can, it can be at their level. What does that mean, though? 
I always hear that. A lot of words, but I don't know. I mean, I can't break it down for you. It's like, uh, this is, (laughs) see, this is why I find the Galactic Federation so fantastical. It's, uh, it, it just seems like if there was a group of beings out there who were getting together and they're like, well, we could bring Earth into it, I guess, but they need to like come up to our level first. Only if they ask. Uh, it's like, but we've been in contact with them. Uh, we're working with them, but like, do we have like an earthly ambassador that's working with these people? Uh, or well, you know, well, you know what's interesting. Just, <laughs> wait, hold on. I just thought of a really funny image, like in a movie. Like it's it's the there's like a Christmas party going on, not Christmas party, but just be a party, right? Just like this party going on up in the uh, Galactic Federation, and one of the uh, we'll just call him the senator gets a text message of some sort. He's all drunk and he's like, oh, I'm getting a message from Earth, but I can't take it right now. And he just says, help! We're about to blow our, our Earth up. Ugh, I can't take it right now. I'm too drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you handle this. You're on your own, Earthlings. Like, I just, like, but I asked. Has, but I has asked. no one asked? Like, I'm asking now. Federation, help us. We're not doing well. We're doing really fucking poorly in the world right now. Everyone, we're having a real bad time. Please come and help us. All right. Ugh, I don't now, know. Can we, now can we do this? Can we get the well, Galactic Federation is. in now? Or am I not fucking important enough? Did I well, not see, raise reason- my vibrations? Yeah, see that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. We're going to elevate to the fourth dimension, bro. Like, I don't really know what that means as a consciousness thing. But the reason why I think it's interesting is because that's all in our ancient religions, that whole idea that we're, you know, we're going to be saved and, and all that. So I, I don't know. Yeah, like, there is a little bit to it that, like, that makes you go, huh, like, uh, maybe there is a Galactic Federation. Maybe they are God. Like, it's a God figure, right? And they don't inter- we have to evolve on our own, and if there's no way to learn. Or, uh, and sometimes they yeah. intervene when we ask. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, it is I a don't know. It's, You're right. Yeah, I didn't think about it. The whole thing. It, is, it but, does but, have but kind of a it, religious quality to it. But the thing is, me, is they're trying to, but the thing is, they're, they're, what they're saying is, be a god yourself but we don't as humans do that we are constantly enslaving ourselves within systems within systems so right so i mean telling agenda but i mean like okay let's just put things in perspective so you know joe bob has uh you know hasn't graduated from high school and he wants to be a senator in the united states just like that he just doesn't want to learn anything just wants to go right to i just want to be a senator you know what? I actually think some of the senators we have, that's probably true. Okay, fine. <laughs> right. Bad example. Bad example. <laughs> political. No political. No politics. Political. No politics. But, but, you know, I think that's what they're trying to say is like, look, we want you to join, but just but think, yeah. Be think better. like a god. Think like a god. Like, stop thinking like you're enslaved within a system. I think that's what the whole thing is. Right. Yeah, and I still don't like. I I don't understand why it would be some big secret. Like, why wouldn't they just be like, "Hey, you want to come join us? Look, we got we got chicks, we got drinks. There's a chip and dip bar over there. Come on up, but you gotta raise your vibrations a little bit further, guys. Like I, that whole like secrecy thing is like so fucking stupid to me that we can't like show us, give us a goal, guys. Yeah, but they're counter back at you. We know. Like, they did those studies where they showed that people would freak out. Society would freak out if all of a sudden they revealed they were real. That's a real thing. We're not ready. Like, consciously, we're little. We are. Right. Like, I wouldn't freak out. So, like, we are evolving. Like, maybe we're, you know, maybe we're closer to this fourth dimension than some people in the populace. But, like, that's that's a real thing. And think about it. If they appeared hundreds of years ago, they're God instantly. So, they know they shouldn't appear too much a long time ago, especially. But we've come a long mm. way. And now we can actually question it. So, maybe there is truth to, like, we're evolving slowly to some sort of conscious state where they can reveal themselves. Because if not, you and I both agree 200 years ago everyone would just worship them today half the world's like what the fuck oh my god everything i ever thought but then but then destroyed. half the world half the world would worship them like they're not ready still still today so i agree with them we're not ready yeah. i mean i'm yeah. ready yeah to us three show me yeah show me your package yeah. <laughs> come on show, down. Me show me what you got what you got <laughs> listen we can only go up after this year there's only <laughs> upwards uh, anyway she said okay all right yeah <laughs> all right okay so matt what do you got a long, dark story. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Long-winded dark story. Um, I'm ready. No, I'm ready. so I, I was actually more interested in... I. After I read the first CIA document of the remote viewing sessions, I was like, oh, there's got to be more of this. And sure enough, there fucking is. And actually, I found a whole collection of all the Stargate files of all the different Ooh. CIA things, which is awesome. So I'll post that up as well. Um, but I found one in particular that I want to go into. But first, I actually tried some remote viewing this week, guys. Ooh. I got stuck the fuck into it. Yeah. Nice. So I I did uh, I watched a couple of videos from uh, what's his name Paul H Smith I think he's one of the CIA guys who did who was working with their Russell Targ and uh, no anyway mm-hmm. one of the CIA guys yeah legit dude legit dude yeah <laughs> um, yeah he's one of the legit remote viewing guys so he he has like a few videos on like how to do it and stuff so I took notes and I uh, I tried it. And I did pretty fucking well, to be honest, guys. Really? I don't want to tip my own trumpet here, but I Fine. can remote view. Nice. What? Okay, okay, tell so us. So here's what happened. So I got, I had my wife uh, look up uh, different places with coordinates on Earth. I just, we just started with Earth. Didn't go in anything crazy because I wanted to be able to verify what I was looking at. So she chose um, a, uh, four different ones. And, uh, you know, I, I got into my meditative state. I sat there for a bit and she gave me the coordinates and read them out to me in my head. Uh, I, sorry, I pictured them in my head and she read them out a couple of times and I got the coordinates. Mm. And then I started to see in my mind's eye and I just started to um, write down and tell her what I was seeing at the time. So the first one I said was like, I saw this open field and there was like a, a structure of some kind in the center. It was stone. I saw white white blocks, like off-white toned blocks, um, angles to this structure. And I had like a door, like I ex- described like a mouth of a cave and there was like blue sky above it. And it was like uh, one of the pyramids at Chichen Itza is one of the ones she looked at. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, what? cool. Wow. Oh, the stone so the next one was... Uh, I was uh, describing like, oh, I see like patchy clouds or it could be sheets of ice. Uh, it was like white, like blocks of ice, like on the ground or something like that. And it was like blues and blacks. And there was a huge swath of color that came through. And then also like a wolf, like a wolf's head. And that was uh, some base in Antarctica, apparently. And there was like huskies Ooh, everywhere. Whoa. Yeah, what? it was crazy. Wait, the next one, you saw next a base one. on Antarctica? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Was I mean, your just accuracy like a rate hundred percent? Were you like a hundred percent on this? Or did you miss? I mean, you tell all? me. This is we did four, and this is exactly what I wrote down for each one. And then she showed me what it was after each one. Wow. Um, so you're hundred percent. Yeah, four out of four. I mean, you tell I got, me. I, I, I got pretty I got close. Some, I got some coordinates for you. All right. Chuck. So uh, <laughs> the next one she gave me, I was seeing like. Uh, I, I described it as like a, pl- a patchwork of color, like stained glass window kind of thing, uh, mm-hmm. in segmented mm-hmm. pieces, and lights shining through glass. Um, there was like some sort of arch structure, and I was like, man, there's so many like 
It's like rushing, like too busy. I can't like concentrate on one thing at a time. It's like too big. And it was Tokyo City. And she showed me these photos she was looking at. It was like all the glass, like light lit up glass streets of like all the, you know, the downtown area and stuff. And the, sure enough, there was like this archway building in the center that was like, oh yeah, that was, that was kind of like what I saw. It was crazy. Wow. And so the well, last I one was how, the... Wait, wait, hold on. Before you go on, I wonder how much of this is remote viewing or your connection and consciousness link to your wife. You know? It could be, yeah. It could be that. We it's didn't, like, oh. I didn't rule that out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, both are equally incredible. So I just could have been, yeah, reading what she was picturing in the in the photos. Um, But the last one was crazy. The last one might throw that throw a spanner, and that works. So she gave me these coordinates, and I started picturing like swaying movement and grass underwater. It was like underwater, and it was Mm. blue and green, and I saw a school of fish going in through the grass. I was like, there's nothing really here but that. It's like a lot of darkness and I can't really see much more, but we're definitely underwater. And she's like, huh, that, that's way off. And then I was like, well, what were the coordinates? And she checked it and she was like, oh, actually I gave you the wrong coordinates. It was for like the town we live in. And, but she gave me the coordinates, but gave me a coordinates with, with or without a negative in front of it, whichever it was. But mm-hmm. I, we looked up where she was giving me and it was in the middle of the ocean. Oh my which god! Was crazy. Wow. So I don't know. Josh, you're wrong. You're wrong, Josh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to you tell you. Syrian, you Syrian. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I want to sort of dive into that a little further. Like that was my first attempt, and it was. Uh, Dude, you must be gifted at it. Like you're gonna get a knock on yeah. your door from guys in men in black suits being like, hey, "Yeah, man, oh, okay, true. wait, say yeah. shit." You gotta tell yeah. us if that happens. Yeah, I didn't think you could never that. talk about it on the podcast, but you no, make shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know what happens. Um, <laughs> anyway, so then I went into the CIA documents and I found this fascinating one where a CIA handler brought in a guy to remote view. They don't say what his name is. They just refer to him as subject. Um, but they basically wanted him to uh, look at Mars, look at what was happening on Mars in different coordinates. And this happened in 1984, apparently. Um so they set him up in a room uh they gave him a sealed envelope um with some coordinates and inside the envelope was um he was you know instructed not to not to open it until after the interview after the session and so inside the envelope was a three by five card with the following information the planet mars time of interest approximately one million years bc so Earth years, wow. right? So one million years ago on Mars. So they gave him the coordinates. Uh, he didn't know what the fuck he was looking at or where it was. I, I assume he was thinking it was on Earth, but uh, here's, where, here's where he goes. So the first thing he sees is a pyramid. Again, we see the structure again, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So he says, but this, this thing is fucking huge. It's like really high and it's sitting in a depressed area on the surface, like a crater of some kind. He says the pyramid is kind of this yellowish color. So the remote uh, viewer is then told that he needs to move to the point in time that is written inside the envelope. He still doesn't know what this is, but we know it's 1 million years BC. So he's like, okay, this is what he says. I'm tracking severe, severe clouds, more like dust, uh, like a dust storm. It's, It's a geologic problem. Seems to be... And he says, just a minute, I've got to iron this out. It's really weird. So the, the handler in the room keeps telling him, look, just give me the raw data because he's trying to stop him from trying to decipher it. You know, that's mm-hmm. when you, you put your own bias on what you're seeing and you try to like work out what it is. All yeah, he wants yeah. is just tell me what you're seeing or the pictures that are coming in your head, let me know what it is. So he keeps kind of stopping him throughout the thing just to keep keep him on track. Um, so he's... Uh, He's told to go back into a point of time now that was before this huge, like, geo, geologic uh, problem, this catastrophe that was ha- happening on the planet. So he says, ah, total difference. It's, um, oh hell, it's, there's mountains of dirt appear and then disappear when you go before. Like large flat surfaces, smooth angles, walls, they're really large. I mean, they're megalithic. So he's describing then like these other buildings now. And I guess it started being um, 
destroyed by whatever was happening on, on this planet, this huge catastrophe that was happening, cataclysmic event that was taking place. So he's well, told just to, to pause around. you for one second yeah. about Mars. It, if you look at Mars, and I saw a MUFON presentation once that blew my mind. Yes, I went to a MUFON um, <laughs> lecture. I, I'm fucking proud of it. I love MUFON. And they talked about how Mars looks like, if you look at it, it looks like something exploded and scarred half of it. It looks like yeah. another planet or something was next to it. Anyways, go on. Okay. Yeah, that's also uh, in the Electric Universe theory as well. They have mm -hmm. proof. They can show how, um, yeah, Venus ran into Mars and created this, yeah, there's this huge catastrophe. Planet became, it stripped away its atmosphere. Huh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So then he's told to look around in this, in this area and see if he can find any activity. So he says he, he sees perceptions of shadow-like, um, these shadows basically of very tall, thin people. And he says, they were there, but they're not there anymore. He's, but he sees just the shadows. That reminds me of, you know, when uh, nuclear blasts go off yeah. and people have permanent shadows that remain on the ground from the blast. Yep. Have you ever seen that? Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So he, uh, then he's then told to go back to when these people were actually here now. So he describes them as very tall, thin people. Um, they're wearing strange clothing. Doesn't really give any more description than that, tall and thin. Um, but I guess that's all he can kind of perceive of these people related to himself. So he's told to stay in this time period, but move to a different location. So then he's given different coordinates in the same um, on the planet again. So now he says he's deep inside a cavern, not a cavern, more like a canyon. I'm looking up uh, the sides of a steep wall. They seem to go on mm. forever, and there's like a structure. It's like the wall of a canyon has been carved. Again, I'm getting a, I'm getting very large structures. Uh, no intri intricacies, huge sections of smooth stone. So then um, huh, he, he starts Where? describing inside these buildings and he describes it's like this maze of passages and rooms. Um, he says the structure is just immense, like crazy high ceilings. He keeps mentioning this, like he can't believe how big these things are. He, he even feels like hmm. his scale is off. Like he's like, this must be wrong. Like this is fucking insane. Like he's looking up into these huge ceilings. Um, then given another set of coordinates. So he's, they're, they're like, same thing we talked about when it was on the moon. They seem to be edging and closer to something or they're just trying mm -hmm. to, you know. Wait, I have a question. Who... I mean, we obviously don't know who's asking these questions, but they obviously had enough data to give him coordinates of things that they thought right. might have existed. So, they so where must did that have, information Exactly, come from? yeah. So they must have That's interesting. mapped at least coordinates around the planet at some point. And they must have been, maybe they can see enough to realize, oh, there's something there. Let's send someone there, remote viewing style, to kind of check well, it out. Well, there's, dude, there's plenty of photos that I've seen that show tubular systems, pyramids, and things that could clearly mm -hmm. be buildings. They just gotta go find those photos. They don't need any government access or anything. They could just be pinpointing off like common shit you can find out there on the internet. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, but, some but, really but Josh, I've never. Of Mars. Yeah, but I've never heard of some of this stuff. No, not at all. But like, if they found like something they thought was a pyramid on Mars, they could be oh, like, okay, you just throw the yeah. coordinate on that and see if it really is or a mountain, and then boom, all yeah, of a right, it has yeah, inside, you know? yeah, you right. can like see that there's something there. So let's go check it out, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so he goes to a new place on the planet now, and he sees a, a radiating, radiating pattern of roads cut into the valleys of the landscape. Uh, sunlight reflecting on the surface of these roads and it's like white bright white just reflecting back up at him and then he says he looks up at the sun and he said the sun looks weird he doesn't give any more description than that but the sun looks weird like maybe it's it looks wicked weird. whatever yeah. Yeah. it's weird yeah uh, so uh, at this point he's moved to several different locations and he spots more you know sort of evidence of basic civilization um until he keeps coming back to these pyramids, and the the uh, handler notes uh, in this on this document that look he seems to keep wanting to go back to these pyramids, so we'll just kind of mm. let him go there and just see where he goes because he you know okay. he obviously is interested in this wants to keep going back, and actually reading through this, I, you get the distinct feeling that this remote viewer is under some sort of hypnosis as he's doing this, which is interesting. Like I think that's probably a thing. But I, I don't know, like the remote viewing that I've learned about in the you know past couple of weeks when I've really been diving into it, 
it's just kind of you go into a meditative state. But this guy really seems like he's in a hypnotic state because at the end, um, the handler tells him like to travel back to my voice and come back to this time, back into this room. Like it's it's weird. Like anyway, maybe maybe it's a version of astral traveling though, where they're controlling his leash though. Maybe yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I because they're using him as kind of like a camera out in another time period, but they're holding the leash. Right. You know how we talked about when we did a astral travel episode, and you have to tether yourself back yeah, home, yeah. otherwise mm-hmm. you get lost out in space. It was almost like they were the tether. Yeah, hmm. so he must That's be going into some really deep state, which is interesting. Wow. So anyway, he's at he's back at these pyramids again, and he says. Oh, these pyramids, are, they seem like they're shelters. They're shelters from this cataclysm of storms that are raging across the, the planet. Um, and he, he's, he goes inside them and he says there's different chambers, but they're almost stripped of any kind of furnishings or anything. It's like they're strictly functional, a place for sleeping. And he's like, that's not the right word. It's hibernation is the word. Hibernation mm. of some form. I can't get real raw inputs there's storms, savage storms, and they're sleeping through the storms. So it's it's he's describing this race of people now, who uh, the only way they could survive what was happening on the planet was to basically hibernate inside these pyramids. And you'd think, yeah, the pyramid structure is such a strong structure it could withstand like crazy amounts of of uh, you know all sorts of cataclysmic shit happening. I I would imagine. I mean, look at the ones here have survived a long long time so the uh, the right viewer is then asked to describe who are the ones sleeping through these storms again he says these tall thin humanoid people I, I can imagine um, wearing tight fitting silky outfits pajamas if you will Ooh. you gotta wear something comfortable when you're hibernating are they Fucking Nordics <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know so um, he's then told to move closer he says he's told to move closer to one of them and start talking to them ask them about themselves which is interesting because when I you know like I said hmm. when I was he must be in some sort of trance like state um, where astral travel I don't know because I you know mm-hmm. I was getting impressions in my head visualizations but I it was not clear enough to be able to like go up to someone like or talk to them yeah like you're walking in a 3D video game world yeah, right yeah. yeah right right yeah that's why it sounds more like astral travel yeah <laughs> So he says they're ancient people and they're, they're dying. It's past their time or age. And he's asked to tell, go on, keep telling me more about this. They're very philosophic about it. They're looking for a way to survive and they just can't. Um, they can't seem to get out of their way. Um, can't seem to get out of the way. They just can't seem to find their way out. So they're hanging on while they look or wait for something to return or something coming with an answer. Um, Ugh, so then doesn't we, that sound like earthlings? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So he's asked, what are, what are they waiting for? So he says, evidently, there was a group or a party that was sent out to find a new place to live. It's like I'm getting all kinds of overwhelming input on the corruption of their environment. It's, it's failing very rapidly and this group, this some sort of like rescue party took off somewhere else to go find somewhere else to live, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they so went this a is long all way. tied to the yeah, cataclysm. They put yeah. a, something happened to the planet. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So he's then asked what caused this environmental disaster to happen on this planet. So he gets, he gets the, uh, this visual of a globe. He says, I get a globe. It's a, a globe that goes through a comet's tail or it's through a river of something, but it's all very cosmic. It's like a space mm. pictures. So something, mm. I guess, maybe the planet went through some sort of cosmic rays, or like he says, the, the <laughs> tail end of some massive planet. Mm. <clears throat> well, that's, um, that's the whole story with Electric Universe. So the Electric Universe um, with physicist uh, Wal Thornhill, from Australia, he he yeah, he um, is able able to show how Venus spun out of orbit 
and graced the surface of Mars, like burned the side of Mars, and was like a comet on fire, like burning past Mars. Oh, so that's, interesting. That's, wow. that's really interesting that you say that. Now, wow. on Earth, oh. ancient humans watching the same thing saw that happening. And so it, it became the Eye of Horus, this idea that Venus was circling around the Eye of Horus. Like oh, almost okay. as if the goddess Venus was in a fight with uh, the goddess Ares, Mars. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's this, the whole mythology and the understanding from the different uh, point of view. But, but that's really fascinating because that's the exact same thing. That, I mean, they show with scientific evidence how it happened, you know, how many years ago. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's really crazy. Cool. It lines up. Um, yeah, so we're well, getting back to it. So he's he's asked to uh, he's told to ask this alien if he knows if he knows what he is like the remote viewer. Like, so he's talking to this alien in this astral form, and he then asks the alien, "Do you know what I am?" And then he's asked <clears throat> to ask this being, this alien, if there's any way they them you know as humans can help him and his people. I was like, what? Why would you ask them that? You're like, this is a million years ago. <laughs> what would be the point of this? But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they have some different understanding of, of how time and space works. Space so, works hold know. on. This guy's dying millions of years ago. And, and the, yeah. the earthling from 1984 is saying, how is can you help our help? people? Yeah. <laughs> God damn humans. Like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> guy's like drowning. You're like, yeah. hey, what can you do for me, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Actually, it's the other way around. So oh, oh, they're oh, oh. asking, they're asking if we can do anything to help them. Basically. Oh, that makes, okay, that, that makes, makes a lot sense. more sense. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I got it. <laughs> but yeah, that does seem very human to be like, "Can you give us up, please?" Um, <laughs> but yeah, which dying. was, but yeah. that's odd, right? So why would, why would the CIA guy instruct the remote viewer to ask this uh -huh. alien if there's anything we can do for them? Like what? How? How? Unless. <laughs> Unless, um, yeah, I mean, this goes into timelines. such a, yeah, this goes into such a crazy understanding of timelines and uh, quantum entanglement and, and, you know, maybe if they change something in another timeline, then it changes something about Earth. I don't know. I mean, but this gets into like a crazy, crazy rabbit hole of a conversation. But again, yeah. whoever this CIA guy is or whatever he's connected to definitely has understanding of it. They're just getting verification. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's what I found with reading some of these. It's, it's reading, th you know, between the lines you see like, Oh, they know a lot of stuff here apparently. Or they're just like going, they're looking know. to confirm it almost. It's, it's yeah, like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's really yeah. interesting. Okay. So the, well, this is what the alien tells him. So the alien, he says he gets the idea that this this being um, thinks that the remote viewer is some kind of hallucination, which is interesting. Um, and kind then of. and then when he when he talks about like if there's anything we can do to help, um, they said they know they just have to wait for the rescue party to return. So then the remote viewer is told then to all right, let's go look at this rescue party. So. He mm. goes, he travels, you know, astrally or whatever. He, he takes his bind there <laughs> now. And he describes this shiny, smooth, metallic inner surface inside a ship. He describes it as like it's some sort of, it's a boat-like shape. Uh, mm. These round walls. Arc. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a similar idea, I guess, right? So he describes like rounded walls, shiny, smooth, metallic surface. Um, and then he's asked, can you see where this rescue party went? And this is where I was like, oh, this is interesting. So he says he sees a really volatile planet, volcanoes and steam bursting from the ground. But he describes this flourishing vegetation like it's like life is happening on this planet. Um, different, But there's different kinds of storms happening. And it's like it's it's almost just as dangerous. And I think he says in the in the document, he says it's very much like a out of the frying pan into the fire situation for this crew. So I don't know, maybe they didn't survive. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then I was like, oh, is he describing like a prehistoric Earth right now? Is yes, this, he's yeah. totally. Yeah. He's yeah, totally. Is this what he's describing? Yeah. Like these guys traveled yeah. to Earth. So did, did he say yeah. any? Did he say anything about the sky being kind of red? No, he doesn't go into much detail at all as far as like colors and stuff. Mm. A couple of mentions here and there, but. 
but that's kind of all he had to say it was like this really lush vegetation on this planet but there was like obviously a lot of volatile um meteoric stuff happening um weather and stuff going on there too but anyway that's basically where it ends uh, he doesn't get much more than that and then they bring him out of this wow. meditation or whatever he's in and back into the real world and so yeah. wow that's kind of crazy i love it i don't know i could talk about the galactic federation all day it's kind it's <laughs> sort of like it's sort of like the black knight for me you know like I've, there's a couple things Oof. that i could just talk about forever <laughs> <laughs> Take that, these, these are two things yeah that's right <laughs> eat a bag of dicks <laughs> a whole bag a whole bag every last one of them even the small ones <laughs> oh dear <laughs> anyway um so i don't know about you guys but we will definitely post these cia documents and you can check them out for yourself and please yeah. write us and tell us what you think is happening but we really wanted to talk further about the galactic federation because it's a hot topic right now but again it's kind of like this vague institution that kind of floats around in the sky so we wanted to get a little bit deeper into it and at the same time now we know that matt o'connor is a resident remote viewer and he's successful yeah i'm gonna yeah, i'm gonna guy. push this thing i'm gonna see where i can get until guys, until i get a knock on the door from the man in black to say please stop <laughs> yes sir i'm done please i'm done now <laughs> i'm done now sing song voice yeah and hold yeah. on is that is that matt o'connor again god damn it <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll definitely post that fucking cow falling through the sky into a barn. Yes. It's the craziest shit you'll ever see. Oh, man. Yeah. I watched that so many times. <laughs> it's just unexplainable. It's just nuts. All right, guys. Have a great night. Um, if you need help, ask the Galactic Federation because we're going to bed. All right. See you next week. Goodbye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.